Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. It's weird. It's strange. But I went with it anyway and gained the understanding. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And Jane's laughing before we've even started. <laughs> Because we've just had so much fun thinking of what we're about to talk to you about. This well, is a massive... it's after our last week. Last week we shared that we've been channeling a lot of these episodes, a lot of parts of these episodes. Every episode, but yes. And that uh, it was time to do one that is just Rebecca and Jane. I don't know if I'm actually going to be able to do it, to be honest with you, because I don't think I can sit in this environment and not channel. Well, let's see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, but I wanted to do a funny podcast. Yes. This is quite a departure from our usual content. So we're mixing it up for you guys today. And this is just, hopefully you guys are going to get a laugh out of this. And we don't do this content in any way to diminish the importance of what we're talking about. We all know no, that no. Jane and I are the world's biggest advocates for spirituality and self-help work. That said... I want to have a bit of fun with this. I've been laughing with Beck about some of the memories of the bizarre things that I have come across in my journey of healing, learning, growing, connecting with the universe, and some of the weird and strange things that I've either observed or had done to me or said to me or have come out of my mouth, and yet somehow, intuitively, I've just gone with it and it has resulted in some pretty cool things. See, the thing is that when you're as far along the journey as someone like Jane and I are, this the most wacko stuff is so normal. Yeah, that's right. That we actually forget. Like, honestly, I, I've put manuscripts into book publishers and agents before, and they've just come back at me like, Rebecca, like the, because it's so – everything I'm talking about is so alien to them that they just – it's like they're trying to take me by the hand and say, can you find a middle ground of normality here to actually, <laughs> actually speak to the average person on the street? Because because you're just – you know, you guys who are here listening to this show – you're here for a reason. Like, you know, you're, you're not the average person at the shopping mall buying the thick, the Wendy's thick shake, right? Exactly. You guys are a different caliber of people. But every now and then, Jane and I do brush it up against people in the shopping mall. And, and if we're having a crazy moment. <laughs> I know. I then drop, you know, little bombs. I like being a stirrer. And Jane drop- is a <laughs> deliberate stirrer. Jane is one of these people who gets great pleasure out of being deliberately provocative when it comes to spirituality. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. It's so naughty and I love it. Give some it, examples. It makes me just bubble up inside. It's like it's not to be malicious or mean or anything. It's kind of like the leprechaun. Yes, it is. The cheeky fairy. It is. Absolutely. Oh, I don't know. It's things like, well, I was, well, a couple of weeks ago was Father's Day. And so I'm having lunch with my beautiful parents and family. And we were talking about stuff and and I could, I don't know, I was talking about something that I just channeled. And Can I put into context here? Jane's parents, conservative, old school, 50s, classic. Oh, like, totally. Totally main, like totally. mainstream. Totally. Or not, just, just straight down the line people, right? Oh, yes, yes. Go on, Jane. Anyway, I said something about, you know, um, channeling and being a witch. And mum just looked at me and said, how can you say you're a witch? And I said, mum, because I channel. And she said, well, you know, Sometimes I kind of get feelings like I might be doing a bit of something like that. And I said, Mum, how could you give birth to a witch and not be a witch yourself? And I love it. She just looks at me like deer in the headlight. And to me, that's fun. Yeah. To, it's to, not to be cruel. It's to go, you know what? You're amazing. It's it's interesting. I, 
when I was having my hippie home births, because I am the classic definition of kind of the glamour hippie, because I have to have all my nice things, but everything that I do is totally hippie. So it's 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 kind of this I actually, hippie with lippy. It's hippie with lippy. It's it's like I take a lot of I actually take a lot of humour out of the way that classically daggy hippie eco stuff meets literally like your, your Louis Vuitton and your catwalk. And when those two worlds collide, like the fashion world, the on-edge world, the trendy media social world, like it's kind of like the hipster stuff. And that's why shows like Portlandia, which if you haven't watched Portlandia, oh, my God. I don't even know what you're talking okay, about. Okay, put it into YouTube. You know, it, it was on SBS for a while here in Australia. If you're in America, it will be on one of your cable channels. It's it's filmed out of Oregon in, in the States. And it's basically a payout, a very sophisticated black humour payout of the entire hipster movement. So it's all of these painfully earnest young couples sitting around at their, you know, ordering their chai double soy calf latte thingies at, you know, sustainable, you know, restaurants and asking about the chicken. But is it, not only is it fair trade, biodegradable and order, you know, organically certified, but, but what farm did it come from and what was it actually fed? But what about its emotional levels? Was it, was it checked for how it was feeling and who was it paired with in the pen and how, you know, it's all of this, like, and like the waiter is very seriously answering these questions with like an information clipboard that they're showing the earnest <laughs> consumer, you know, it. I know it's hilarious. It. Or, you know, people going into sort of transgender, vagina, sexual, own yourself goddess workshops and talking about the vagina really passionately and then like somebody's son accidentally wanders in and he becomes part of the discussion but he's like no I'm cool you know my mum always taught me love women and everyone's like yeah yeah and he joins in on the vagina party and like you know it's, it's, it's just I like, need to watch go that. and watch Portlandia but when you know my midwife actually reminded me of, of that because she was a raging hippie but it was all deliberate I mean she, she genuinely believed in it but she did also did it on purpose because she was a cage rattler. And there's something in education there in, 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 you know, it, um, informing and upsetting, you know, the powers that be by being deliberately provocative to get them thinking and to put them out of their comfort zone. That's zones. exactly why I do it. So, exactly. So I, remember, I only do it to comfortable people. Yes. I don't do it to, to people that are disturbed or, or such, you know, it's disturbed the comfort and comfort the people, disturbed. So the people that need it, right? So my midwife, I remember this one time she came over to, to check my tummy because I never had a single ultrasound. She'd just come and, you know, she'd basically poke and prod and ask me how I felt, look at the shape of my bump of my dress and she'd intuit it and she'd say, I reckon you're right. And I'd say, I reckon I'm too. And off she'd go, you know, or she'd use some funny old wooden earpiece to listen to the heartbeat and that'd be it you know and so she came in one day and she was just uber maxed out hippie she had like on the, the tinkling skirt with the bells around the bottom that, and the mirrors sewn in like you'd buy in India with the barefoot smelling like a fucking wave of patchouli <laughs> everything that was pierced had something hanging off it there was dreadlocks with with you know I don't know doodads hanging off all of her dreadlocks and you know and like there's like gorgeous. there were shawls there were like you know crocheted string bags there was macrame there was everything and and I said I said wow Lisa look at you and she said she, she was well, she had this crazy action. She's like, well, I'm going to Burnside Hospital today, so I had to find my most provocative outfit to wear it for all the doctors. <laughs> I know. I love that. Isn't that hilarious? That is so cool, isn't it? That is so cool. While you're speaking about hippies, you know, while we're poking fun, but respectfully at all this, because it's kind of in wonder of, did I really go through all of this? But I remember being with what? a beautiful friend, just these weird things. I remember being with a beautiful friend who was going through her hippie stage. 
she calls it a hippie stage. She's on the farm stage now. And, and I love it. I love her stages that she goes through in life. They're fabulous. And so I went to her house and she was really doing an awesome job of, of really, um, caring for the environment and had gone, you know, completely chemical free. And oh, she was doing a brilliant job. She started telling me about these people that we had to go and visit that were off the grid and a whole nother level again. So just when you think you're doing really well with something, you then end up seeing that there's a whole nother level to go. So we went there, no toilet paper, a stack of face washes, even if you do a poo. (laughs) Welcome to India. And a bucket next to it for you to put the poo or the wee flannel in, and there you go. Mm. Yeah, I did think like I was back in Yugoslavia doing a long drop. (laughs) I know. I know. The other thing is that, you know, when you're used to channeling all kinds of, let's be honest, crazy shit and dealing with people who are living extremely out there paradigms. So in my clientele, I mean, this this is the point, nothing shocks me. You try, I dare anyone who's listening to the show right now to send me an email and tell me something is going on that I haven't heard before. And I'm talking. Okay, there's the challenge. I'm up for it. I'm going to yeah. try and find a way to shock someone. Someone try and shock me. I have, I've got clients. I've got the man who's building a time machine in over in Sydney. You know, I've got people who are making love regularly with somebody from another planet. You know, ghost sex. You know, you name it. I've seen it. You know, you know, we're going to get emails on that one, don't we? <laughs> that's a whole other episode. That's, that, that's the gorgeous single girls that are thinking. You know, it'd be really good to have some hot sex. <laughs> it's, it's actually, if you can handle it, it's a it's a fabulous thing to do. But but if you can oh, handle it, right there we go. Anyway, um, so. Where am I going with this? So, so basically, you know, you can't be shocked. No, I can't be shocked. People, people will come to me and tell me the most extraordinary admissions, and they'll say, um, they'll either preface it with, you know, now I, I, I don't know what you're about. It's, it actually, do you know what? It's the really conservative ones who put the disclaimer in. I don't know what you're about to think of me, but it's actually this, and I'm like. You know, I've just been speaking to someone who's just spent, you know, their last six lives in UFOs, you know, dealing with army space stations, you know, like intergalactic bloody, <laughs> don't, like, that's not shocking. Like, what are you even, you know, but, the, but I, it is for them and it's a stretch for them. That's right. And I have to self-censor because I have to remember how completely weird so much stuff is that I consider totally normal. And so I have to really be conscious about what level the person has. It's about assumed knowledge, how much knowledge somebody is comfortable with when you're going into conversation with them. I found it funny when I first started going for one-on-one healings didn't even know there was such a thing and this beautiful company absolutely gorgeous who did I did so much work with and I'm very grateful for them but I am going to poke a little bit of fun here so they're doing energetic clearing work on me and one of the healers takes the energy into her own body and releases it through burping she forgot to tell me that she does this and I'm lying on the table and there's all the beautiful music going in the sense and I've been taken to this really beautiful place and all the healing's taking place. <laughs> and then I hear this great big burp and I thought, <laughs> did I hear right? But then it kept going and going and going and I went, oh, are you okay? And she went, oh, I forgot to tell you, it's just all the shit pulling out of you and it's coming out of my mouth. This is the way I get it out of my body. Right, so there I was for the next forty-five minutes with burping going on non-stop. Yeah. Sneezing is another one. Someone who had a couple of sneezing fits when I was with her, and she said, "I'm sorry, it's what spirit does when I'm not paying attention. They they give me a sneezing fit, <gasps> so I pay attention." Yeah. Oh wow. Now, do you know that? Oh, I'm feeling quite lucky that I haven't been poked or prodded that right. way. Do you know that Sylvester Stallone's mother, Jacqueline, is a, is a rumpologist? 
Change what it is up. a rumpologist? Have a guess. Rump. They read your ass. So they don't. Read, oh! They don't read your palm. <laughs> they don't read. They don't look at your reflexology on the sole of your foot. Chinese medicine doctors will look at your tongue. Jacqueline Stallone will look at your bottom and give you a psychic reading off your bottom. I'm thinking, how do you wake up I one day don't and go, know. excuse me, can you drop your pants and bend over? I need to look at your butt. Who's developed this? I don't know. I, like, the other thing that I always find funny how is... How would you actually know you had that ability? Jane, okay. I have to ask these questions. It must be an existing um, stream of interpretation. It would have to be something that's like being passed down through the generations yeah. because yeah. I can't imagine you ever waking up one day and going, I can read buttholes. Well, I didn't actually say anus, but I did. I just, it's the whole general say? rump, rumpology. Oh, well. It's the whole region. Oh, is it? It's the whole region. It would all be included. Anyway. Okay. Um, yeah. So it always kind of amuses me as well how, you know, we come to these self-furthering, very earnest, serious activities like yoga, you know, and we go and buy our expensive proper yoga gear and we get our yoga mats and then we take our high energy a drink or our green smoothie in in the glass bottle with the lid that's not plastic because you can't have bpa then you go in and you've got, you've got to have the right music on nobody plays enya because that's daggy it's got to be the right sort of the latest um what are those rhythms um by by my binaural beats rhythms and then everyone comes in and then we have to do a chant because we're all about sanskrit because you know whatever and then we are getting to yoga and we're doing it you know we're doing some new stream like yeah your ayenga or your bloody i don't know whatever is the latest bikram when it's heated or whatever and right in the middle of it it's all, it's all <laughs> <laughs> because this whole podcast could be about bodily functions Yoga is about squeezing the toxins out of every muscle, tissue, and cell in your body. And what happens? People drop in massages and yoga. Bodies go off. It's, it's hilarious, <laughs> and everyone's so serious about it. Like it's this full, like like as if you can't just do yoga barefoot, wearing your knickers out on the grass. Like you know, or, or you know, like it's like. Well, I think that that is what we have come. I mean, all of these amazing people in their purest forms are, are incredible. Yes, and they paved the way for us, did. which is amazing. But now what we're doing is blending it with a Western 2014 cultural society. And that's what cracks me up is these highly stylized environments. Where which are intimidating. Which And we're making hip, somebody new. It's all of this kind of like Buddha meets Balenciaga. Like it's this whole hippie chic, like that book, The Shaman in Stilettos that came out and the other book, um, uh, like if you want to look at Gabrielle Bernstein in New York who combines psychic and self-love and all of that kind of work with like graffiti, skateboards, and cool language. Or go look at Gala Darling, who's actually a New Zealand girl permanently based in America, who she's a full, pierced, rockabilly, gothic fairy type of chick, and she does self-love work, but it's all done with, like, black fingernail polish but pink glitter and, like, disco music. It's it's awesome. I love that. That's I know. awesome. That is awesome. It's really cool. Because as much as it's absolutely beautiful to go into a, you know, gorgeous – Crushed purple velvet crystal. Well, it's not really you know, beautiful. I think it's daggy and it usually smells like lang lang and it's, I don't know, like it's, there's a lot of daggy old connotations. But it's, it's, it's options. It's different it's options. things. And we, and you know, it is options because everybody feels comfortable at a different level. Um, um, I think Mystic Medusa as well, you know, she's the uh, Sydney astrologer, but she's all over the world. People follow her. Go to her website, mysticmedusa.com, just to read her language she has basically developed her own lingo which is a very hyper playful highly creative and intelligent 
humorous way to talk about spiritual stuff. So, for example, she uses the word fuck all the time, but she spells it F-U-Q. Right? <laughs> so it's fuck it with a Q. And, and, and you know, she'll, she'll talk about, yeah, if you're going to do your Neptune, girls, if you're going to do your Neptune thing, make it hot Neptune, as in, as in hot couture, but it's like oat, oat, like oat couture, oat net, do your oat net, Neptune. Uh, it's, everything's very... Um, that's clever. Like she, she calls anyone who who's just your ordinary conservative suit in the street who doesn't believe in, in in any of this. She calls them muggles, like out of the Harry Potter book. So she says, "Now what's going down, darlings? This weekend, dark moon, dark moon void in Capricorn. So the muggles will be losing their shit, but you stay cool. You, you know, <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah, oh, I want to follow her. I love her already. Really and, and a word that I um. He used to use a few years ago before I heard her, before JK Rowling did come up with the muggles, which is a really cool, funny word, um, was fossils. So I tend to refer to anyone who hasn't caught up with the fact that, I'm sorry, but this is the way the world is now. They're all fossils. So my parents, they're fossils, you know, like, you know, the guy down the road at the hardware store who doesn't get it, who's drinking. See, I think that's a nice little 70s term because we used to call all our parents fossils in the oh, 70s. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, go watch your puberty blues. Really. Oh, well, I was born <laughs> in 79, so I kind of missed that, Jane. <laughs> Right. Yeah, no, say no more, say no more. One of the other funny things I remember from a healing was with this amazing guy, and I have to tell you it was an incredibly high-level healing, but it's weird. There you are again Mm -hmm. on the table, Mm -hmm. nice music going, beautiful artwork everywhere. It was very masculine, which was something new for me. I'd only ever up to that point been with female healers, and it was really cool. And then he starts building the grid around my body and deconstructing my light body and rechanging it and breathing in this entity and that one. And it was all this. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this could be an episode of Portlandia, right? Because it looks the so thing is, This is all real and it's all happening and out there. deadly serious. Yes. Now, I have to be fair and say I, I went out of there and felt amazing and I definitely went back for further healings with him. But it's the ridiculous. This is what I'm wanting to laugh about is that, like, that's his method and I totally get it. And Why would you change it? It works and he gets the results. So there's no doubting it. There's no – I'm not trying to ridicule it, but I'm kind of having a laugh at it going, I just lay there taking it. Okay. Like, at what point do you actually go, uh, excuse me, this is a bit weird, but it's not weird. How's about the time I trotted off to a tantric sex workshop and somebody had an orgasm in front of me? I mean, you Oh, know, confrontational. So, I mean, as in – I, I went to a tantric sex. Were you by yourself or with your partner? No, with a partner. I wish if there's any hot boys listening to Love Love. No, 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 I can't say that. <laughs> you just did. Okay, I I'm just the did. matchmaker. So any hot boys listening to Love Life who can handle want to really explore tragic, tragic, tragic sex. <laughs> I think tantric sex. Let's just use the word sacred. Contact sex, me at socialadelaide.com. Contact me and I will hook you up with Beck. Thank you. Thank you. Thank but you. I have to qualify you first. Rebecca's just blushing a bit now. That was a bit of a well, we said way that you were channeling before, and I'm so not channeling today. We're just having fun. <clears throat> I've been to a tantric sex workshop by myself with some girlfriends who'd done it before, safety in numbers. But it was just the thing about tantra, and oh, trust me, I love and believe in the beautiful qualities of kundalini, of spiritual sex. Like, go back and listen to the Sex, Sex, and More Sex episode where I rave unlimited about it, right? However, you get an environment like a tantric workshop. I'm sorry, but you're going to be pulling in all the crazies. You're going to be like, oh, there's, there's a full spectrum of people Is this of people like there. all sorts of people with like sex addictions? All, or Correct. You've got right. 
the really creepy sorts of ones who are there because they're slimy. Oh. And then you've got you know, oh. totally ordinary people. You've got people coming out of marriages, like let's say that they were married to a gay man for 20 years or they're in a sexless marriage for 20 years yeah. or they're a, a you know, victim of incest or abuse or something. So they, they're wanting to reintegrate back into touching safety with boundaries. Yeah. And that's what a tantric workshop can help you with. You know, It might only be, okay, no touching genitals or breasts, fully clothed. We're only going to touch hands, palms, and up to the forearm. So that's very safe for somebody who needs to reintegrate. But, of course, in that environment, you're going to get the know-it-alls. You're going to get the, well, I've been studying read women's bodies tantra for 20 years now and uh i'm, I'm here to you know find partners and da, 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 da. and so anyway there was this one indian woman who basically has rocked up to be seen if you know what i mean attention getting she's rocked up to be an exhibitionist so ah. she's basically stroking the inside of her elbow and having the loudest, most shudderingest orgasm I've ever – well, I mean, not that I've seen that many, to be honest, Jane, in, in terms of other people in front no. of me, particularly not overweight Indian women at tantric workshops. But, I mean, <laughs> she, she was giving – she was putting on a show for the 60-odd in the room, I can assure you. And what happened? She got paired with another woman who also had something to prove. What happens when you put two exhibitions together? They, they compete. They try and outdo each other. The orgasms got louder and louder and louder. And again, <laughs> we're talking fully clothed, only touching shoulders and arms, people. So how real could this be? But I'm telling you, it was actually quite distracting. It was very hard for me to concentrate on my little sexual space over here in the corner, putting my love into the palm, when I over in this corner, these two are bloody oh, shaking all over the my floor. God. Then you got all the dirty old men talking about their yonis or whatever it is. And what is it, yonis? The and yoni. Yonis oh, that's right. And one of them came and sat next to my girlfriend who, God, she's funny. <laughs> she says to us afterward, he came up. She said, the whole time I was telling spirit, protect me from slime balls. But right at the end, that one guy with the ponytail came and sat next to me. And he said, he's trying to talk to me about maybe we should catch up later for, you know, the onsoy chai latte. And she says, she's thinking in her head, because they just brought out supper for us to eat with carrots and dip. She's thinking, mate, I'm more interested in the carrots on that plate over there than I am in you right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oh, no, I've just forgotten the next story I was going to tell. I was oh, so Jane. into that. I know, I know. Okay, what was it? I think one of the funniest things is that so often when we go into spiritual pursuits, we're going in so seriously and so earnestly, you know, like we're taking it so seriously. And I think, was it last episode I said about Buddha laughing? I yes. Think the big fat Buddha yes. is always laughing because spirits want to sit around and laugh and have fun. And if you've read the books, um, the Don... Oh, what is his name? He, oh, why am I always so unprepared for these things? It's a series of books written about Mexican shamans who take the peyote drug and they use the hallucinations to gain knowledge. But the thing that this, I think it's Don Juan something, but the thing that this guy always does is laughs and laughs and laughs. And when his new recruits come or the people who are there to learn, I can't figure out why this guy's just giggling. And you could, a skeptic would say, because he's on drugs. But, but it's actually because he's realized that life isn't for taking seriously. So I remember this one time years ago when I was first getting into spirituality and I would do all these exercises and stuff. And I was with a girlfriend and then we had this book. It was about find your animal totem. So, you know, we're, we're looking for this animal. So she's reading me through this exercise. I'm lying back doing the deep breathing. She's taking me through the step by step process. And finally we get to the point where it's unveiled. Now, I'm hoping for, you know, like a dragon or, you know, a unicorn or or something of with, with quite brilliance and mastery. And what do I get? Listy from Game of Thrones. I've got a fucking chicken, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm a chicken. 
And and I was like, a chicken? And my girlfriend, she's looking at me, she's like, actually, Rebecca, I can really see that. Because you kind of peck around, you really bossy, you, get, you scratch around at things, you get oh. into stuff. Like, well, she's actually totally right. I actually really do like chickens quite a lot ever since I've done that. And I'm quite protective of chickens now. Chickens. I'm a chicken, Jane. Oh, one please. I've got three of you in my backyard. <laughs> oh, that's cute, isn't it? Look, I remember when I was first starting, you know, doing work with spirituality and being so paranoid about praying wrong. Praying wrong. <laughs> like, like, what's going to happen? The yeah. lightning bolt's going to stop. Yeah, totally. Totally. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Or when I first got angel cards was, am I doing it right? Everything has been about, am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? And so actually in this little joke, I actually want to say to everyone, there is no right or wrong. It's just what you feel. It's your intent. It's however you want to do it is completely fine. You know, I think that comes from having gone to church a lot and, and you know, if you don't know the words to all the hymns and if you don't know the process of the service that, you know, you should bit shameful if you don't yeah and I think it comes from there whereas I love the fact that that I hope that we encourage much more relaxed way about it all it's interesting because there's a bit of a movement going on at the moment that's becoming a bit anti-guru culture so you know I know in India like it was certainly with the yoga traditions and with lots of the spiritual religious traditions they've got a real guru system where people have a guru they go to an ashram owned by the guru or whatever they follow the guru um, but it's not just limited to India there's lots of that spiritual hierarchy that tends to go on where we really look up to other people that we, we perceive as more evolved than us or we think we put them on a pedestal we say who am I to know or you know and, and that really needs to be shot down because it's ridiculous no one knows anything more than anyone else we've all got something to teach and to share I remember when I used to run my women's group it was primarily women in their late 20s right up to their 60s and one woman started to bring her teenage daughter who was highly psychic she was 14 years old but in fact even 13 she was young and she was the coolest addition to the room but she would never speak because she was in so much fear that I've got nothing to offer they will not take me seriously right. I am not one of them right. whereas actually she had more intuition than some of the shut down 55 year old women sitting in that circle who didn't open their mouths either so it's quite interesting. But I say this because, of course, one of the funniest things in the spiritual world is – now, you get this in every walk of life. You get people who are very, very big-headed. But when it happens in the spiritual world, for some reason it's extra funny because they take themselves so seriously and they say and do the most obnoxiously ridiculous things, don't do they not? Yes. And it's actually – it's terrible. And this is very – this is why I'm not channeling this episode because it's, it's very unspiritual of me to say. But This whole podcast is very unspiritual. It's very unspiritual. Except that – it is spiritual because we need to be able to laugh at all of this and not be fear-based on any of it of and just see it for what it is. But the low-level Rebecca, the lower vibrational Rebecca who kicks around and listens to rap music and, you know, eats chicken on the couch watching, you know, Big Brother or whatever, says, oh, my God, it's so much fun to tear strips off some of these people that just take themselves so seriously. Like this guy that I know at the moment who was one of the most – what's the word? High-maintenance personality types I've ever met. Like – so self-important, so delusional, and such a dick for for lack of a better word. And that again is how you know this this episode is not being channeled because my spirit guides have never had me use the word dick before. <laughs> <laughs> and like honestly, he's he's trotted off to his to his Osho retreat in Greece, and everyone on in the Facebook community has received a very big self-important letter. It goes for about three pages detailing the fact that he is now changing his name 
to Swami Bodhi Hakadahati, whatever it is. And, you know, this is a very important decision that he needs to let everybody know and he'll understand if you don't feel comfortable calling him that. And if you have questions, well, it's full blown ego. they're not really for him to answer if you have questions because you need to come to your own space and finding the answers to that. I'm like, I'm not calling you bloody Swami Bodhi something. You are just some kid kicking around wasting your time and taxpayers' money because you can't be bothered to do the real self-work. Listen to this. Well, this is, this is Rebecca's pushing my buttons. I don't like it when people hide behind spirituality and get highly pseudo-spiritual and highly cerebral. They can talk the talk, the talk, the talk, the talk forever. And there's actually an article on Elephant Journal called Why I Don't Date Spiritual Guys. And it's a bit like this podcast because they get so ridiculous, not just guys, there are spiritual people who get so ridiculous that they forget how to laugh and have fun and relax and, you know, like have they fun They forget they're having a human incarnation. Yeah. You know? Basically. And they do burp and fart. And they and you fart in yoga class. Just don't forget that. <laughs> oh, dear. Look, you actually did remind me too of, you know, being uncomfortable when I first went to um, the first time I had to cook a meal for a vegetarian group. Oh, my God. Yes. And there were half of them were meat eaters and half of them weren't. And I had no idea how to do anything vegetarian in those days. And so I said, I'm making vegetarian hamburgers. And they were really excited. They thought I had something new to do. No, I just grabbed some tofu that I put on the barbecue. The poor things, it must have been horrible. But I even cross-contaminated the food. Oh, Jane. I know. Do you know. But this is how we learn. And we shouldn't be shamed for this stuff. No. I actually was shamed in that. Yeah, okay. And I shouldn't be. Yeah. You know? You were like, trying. You gave it an effort more than some people do. Yeah, I went like more my, my vegan friend who comes back for Christmas and her dad's like, have a prawn off the barbie. What do you mean you won't have a bloody prawn? Have a prawn. What's wrong with you? You race eat prawns. They just don't understand. Yeah. Okay. Um, and hey, by the way, yeah. on titles and changing names, yeah. you can call me Lady Jane if you like. Can I, Jane? For $29, can I can I? go and buy. Yeah, this is hilarious. What? Anybody that wants to really, you know, be a little bit silly, you can actually go on, is it? Groupons, one of those coupon things apps, and you can buy for twenty nine dollars a plot of twelve inches square of land in a beautiful protected um, environment in Scotland. Really? And you get given a land title, right? Now in Scotland, if you own land, you are a lord or a lady. And that is a legal entity, a legal name that you can actually use. You're so going to do this, aren't you, Jane? I'm doing it for friends. I'm do- I want it for a birthday present. Now, you know what I want to do? I would do it for my girlfriend, Amber, who's best friends with Princess Mary, and say, yeah, I'm going to call you Lady Amber. Lady Amber. You can be. There you go. Join the ranks. <laughs> so there you go. It's all about being a bit silly. It's weird, it's strange, but I went with it anyway and I gained the understanding. Thank you so much for joining us for this very different episode. I hope that you had a bit of fun with it because obviously we did. Next week we'll be very serious again and we'll channel yeah, we'll from be the back. highest powers. But until that time, you can find us on thewellnesscouch.com every week, free half-hour show. You can find us on iTunes under Wellness and Sexuality. We're consistently in the top ten here in Australia. And, of course, we're available worldwide and on Facebook. Which is facebook.com forward slash love life show. And until this time next week, have a bit of a laugh at yourself, but don't stop on that spiritual journey. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening.